Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So in a few moments, we're going to discuss the continuing problem of resort fees, one of my biggest pet peeves. And there's a good blog out right now on the Travelers United webpage. It's written by Janice Huff. She's a freelance travel writer and travel consultant, and it's called Had Enough of Hidden Hotel Fees? Why, yes. Yes, I have. So we're going to chat about that in a few minutes. Then we'll visit the historic Hume Hotel and Spa in Nelson, B.C. It was built in the late 1800s, and it's still going strong. Plus, we'll learn a little bit about the area of Nelson, B.C. I haven't visited there, so it'll be interesting to find out uh, what they offer. And later, we'll find out about V2V Vacations and their service between Vancouver and Victoria, B.C. But, as I mentioned, we are going to start things out by discussing one of my biggest pet peeves in the travel industry, and that's the continuing problem of resort fees. Now, there's a good blog out there on the Travelers United webpage. I encourage you to read it. It's written by Janice Huff. She's a freelance travel writer and travel consultant, and it's called Had Enough of Hidden Hotel Fees? Well, Janice is here to talk more about it. Hi, Janice. Hi, Randy. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, I, I like the title of your uh, recent blog, Had Enough of Hidden Hotel Fees? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have, Janice. <laughs> Let's uh, just begin by just saying what a resort fee is that hotels charge. Some hotels, not all. Years ago, some hotels would start adding a small amount extra, mostly in Hawaii, to cover things like the spa or extra activities. In fact, there was a Hilton Hilton Waikoloa, that would make an optional fee. If you wanted, you could pay something like 25 a day, and you got to play mini golf, and you got to do some of their activities, and I think there was a little bit of food included. That's a reasonable thing. And then some air hotels started putting modest fees for stuff that was not optional. Mm-hmm. These fees are on top of the rates you pay and the taxes you pay. They are not discountable. They are not commissionable to travel agents, and they are pure profit. So some of the things you point out in your article, they are hidden. You don't uh, discover them until, you know, after the fact when you're uh, booking your hotel. And, uh, yeah, basically they are mandatory. And uh, ironically, there's a couple of um, uh, lawsuits going on right now in the U.S., thank goodness. Uh, The uh, D.C. Attorney General, you're pointing out, uh, is now uh, taking Marriott to court and the Nebraska Attorney General taking Hilton to court on Mm -hmm. these fees, right? And also Booking.com, one of the major online travel agents, is going after them too because another game, as I've just mentioned, is they are not discountable or commissionable. Most hotels pay travel agents, whether online or brick and mortar, a small percentage for making the bookings, but they exempt the fee. So Booking.com, and no doubt others may follow, are saying, wait a minute, this is a cheat. We want some of this money. Uh, interesting so, enough, uh, with uh, Marriott, though, the, uh, the head of Marriott and his defense on resort fees, basically comparing them to baggage fees that airlines charge, but he forgets to mention that uh, people have the option of booking a baggage right. fee. They don't have an option when it comes to the resort fees, right? Right. That's been my point exactly. If you want, you can buy a basic economy fee, take your middle seat, take your very small carry-on, and not pay anything extra than what you've just done. But if you go to a hotel, even if you get there at midnight after a late flight and get up for a meeting at 6, and you 
barely wash your hands or take a shower, you're going to pay the resort fee that will cover all these wonderful things they say it includes. doesn't matter how long you're there. Now, one of the other worst things is it's starting in cities. It's not just resorts. Urban areas are calling them facility fees or destination fees. And I'm talking New York, I'm talking Chicago, I'm talking San Francisco. My guess is unless these lawsuits work or agents rebel, that it's going to be almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's also such a sm- it's it's an annoying amount of money, but it's not a huge amount of money. Well, that's just so it, So my right? guess is that also keeps a lot of people from really fighting it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is it really is false advertising. If a hotel advertises... For example, $100 a night and then tax on a $35 resort <laughs> fee. Well, it's not $100 a night, is it? I mean, I, I mean, it can no. escalate to the point where we advertise $10 a night and then we'll charge a $100 resort fee, right? That's, and that's already the problem. happening in Las Vegas. That's already happening in Las Vegas. If you go off-season to an inexpensive hotel midweek, you can pay more for the resort fee than you pay for your hotel. No joke. This is, you know, these, some of the resort fees in Vegas are close to $50 a night. And again, off-season, midweek. Well, at the end of the year article, you put it uh, very bluntly, uh, overnight price ends up the same. Knowing the real rate up front would be a good thing for travelers, period. And, and that's just it. Why do you have to hide it? Just say, hey, you know, it's added into the price. Exactly. Because it's the pure money grab on top of it. Also, hotels discount rates. They may make a deal with a corporation. They may make a deal with a travel agent. They may make a deal with a booking site like Booking.com or Hotel.com. Mm-hmm. They're going to give such percent off the rate. The resort fees are exempt from that. Yeah, so they make why they like that. Whatever they what, whatever discount they're making, they'll they'll make up on the uh, hotel fee, right? Right, and they don't have to share the fee. If you add ten dollars to a hotel rate, but you're giving say, a travel agent 10%, or you're giving a corporation a discount of 20%, or whatever, then you're not getting that pure revenue of the rate increase. Mm-hmm. If you raise your resort fee, you're getting all of it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, court cases with uh, D.C. Attorney General and Marriott and the Nebraska Attorney General with Hilton, and hopefully there's more, and hopefully this gets solved, and we won't be talking about it again. <laughs> yeah, we can dream. The like, article is yes, called correct. Had Enough of Hidden Hotel Fees. Yes, I have. It's on Travelers United website, travelersunited.org. And Janice Huff is the author. She's a freelance travel writer and travel advisor. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Janice. Thank you. Nice talking to you too, Randy. Well, if you're a bit like me, you like to combine a little history when visiting a destination, and it's really cool when you can combine that history by staying at a historic hotel of some kind. Such is the case when traveling to Nelson, B.C. That's where you'll find the historic Hume Hotel and Spa. So joining us now to tell us more about the Hume Hotel and Spa is the general manager and owner, Ryan Martin. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how you doing there? I'm well, thank you. I have to admit I haven't been to Nelson but uh, just looking at uh, your website and reading about the history of the Hume Hotel, it seems like uh, the city was built around the hotel itself. The hotel was there first, almost. <laughs> I that... know, I know. It was built in the height of the silver mining boom, and the local paper said that to Winnipeg to the east and Vancouver to the west, no such building exists. 
and it was just a burgeoning little little spot and uh yeah it was kind of ahead of its time for sure when what? they when the Hume, Hume brothers built it in 1898 so it goes back to 1898 which is amazing um obviously it's changed a little bit over time but i i, I imagine you probably tried to keep the uh the history and the style and and the character going right totally i mean physically most noticeably the Turret, uh, the balconies were remo- removed in the late 20s when uh, the Benwell family owned it. They just kind of got modernized. I guess at that time, turrets and balconies looked passe. It's uh, really unfortunate that they're not still there. But yeah, back then it incorporated a lot of, you know, had an elevator, it got an ice machine, it got all this, a phone room, you know, these things that uh, were really advanced at the time. So that's the look irrevocably changed in the 20s, but we've tried to keep keep it and you know as authentic and and uh, paying homage to the past as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And so now, where is it located in Nelson? Then it's located on the corner of Vernon and Ward Street, just uh, one block north of Historic Baker Street. Is kind of the main drag that rolls through downtown. And um, yeah, when you come into Nelson, it's got this iconic neon hotel sign on the roof it just says hotel <laughs> and uh it's kind of like one of those old grandfathered uh, signs you know the current city council would never <laughs> never let anybody <laughs> put that on their building but it's really uh yeah it's kind of part of the the skyline if you will of our town and it's it's been uh, been shining shining that way for decades i think all the way back to the 50s they had this hotel sign on the roof and uh my parents purchased the hotel in 1980, so it's been in the family for almost 40 years now. And um, they retired 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and that's when I personally took over as general manager. And yeah, it's a full full service hotel. One, it's got to be one of the oldest in the province at 121 years old. And yeah, it has a live entertainment venue in the basement called the Spirit Bar. And uh, on the main level, there's the library lounge, which is kind of an intimate fireside, more ambient uh, lounge where we get live jazz playing five nights a week. And then we have a family restaurant called the General Store Restaurant. And that's where all our overnight guests get a free breakfast in the morning. So, um, you know, if you've done a bit of traveling, sometimes you see a free breakfast out there. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of a subpar uh, at times buffet with powdered eggs, cold coffee, (laughs) stale muffins. But here you actually sit down and you get a made-to-order breakfast just the way you like it. Nice. That's really like one of the best things about staying here. People just can't believe it. And, uh, yeah, the, we got an incredible kitchen crew that'll just pump it out. And, uh, it's, it's always, uh, always a real selling point for us. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, Mike's place pub upstairs, about a 215 seat kind of old, old style English kind of looking pub, um, you know, dartboards, pool tables, that kind of thing and a liquor store. And then most recently, my wife uh, opened up a spa on the second floor, a hair salon and spa. So that's been a really nice fit. And then uh, 44 rooms, all decorated in a manner befitting our heritage theme. And yeah, it's uh, it's full-on hotel and it's just a uh, really fun business. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun, and especially with uh, a place that's steeped in such history, but... I- 
Uh, you mentioned that your parents bought the place. I understand just uh, reading a bit about it, it, it wasn't in good shape at, at some point in the 70s. Am I correct on that? N- yeah, it was in it was pretty much a condemned building. It was yeah in a state of disrepair. It owed a lot of money to people at the time, and it was pretty. It was uh, in receivership. They they got it through a, the bank, ordered sale there. So they um, they changed the name actually back in 1980 to the Heritage Inn just to try to give it a fresh start. And um, yeah, back then when interest rates were you know over 20 percent, it was a real tough time. Nelson wasn't nearly the tourist destination that it is today. It was uh, some really tough years of making bank payments and all, all the while trying to fix it up as you go along. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't until, you know, 86, you know, we had the movie Roxanne filmed in Nelson that did a lot of, lot of, uh, lot for our town. And uh, we got a, a Japanese college where we'd get about 200 Japanese students learning English every year. And then Whitewater, our local ski hill, started gaining a little bit more notoriety, and it just slowly started to to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, describe some of the rooms. Uh, there's a bit of a variety there as well, right? There is. I mean, we have 44 rooms and 17 different room types, if you can believe it. <laughs> so when you're as old as the Hume, you just get so many different shapes and sizes of rooms. And in 20. 14, we started with the fourth floor, wing by wing, fourth floor, third floor, second floor, and we just um, totally rebuilt all the rooms because uh, it was it was time for a bit of a facelift there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so there's you know there's the corner corner rooms um, which are you know our nicest rooms, hardwood floors, there's some soaker tubs, electric fireplaces. Those are kind of the suites that are have a larger layout. Um, there's a room uh, we call the, the the rooms above our pub are called the heritage rooms, mm-hmm. where we've kept some of the older furniture in there, and um, we we are very upfront with our guests that those rooms can be a little bit noisier because we have a pub down below, and so we never really hide that fact. And you know, as a result, there there are more economy rooms, um, but then as you get up higher and farther away. Um, the noise isn't uh, a factor. So you got lots of dining there. You have nightlife. You have a spa. If I venture outside the front door, uh, huh. <laughs> what else we can a, I do? Yeah, what else do a, people do a, in Nelson, BC? Nelson is an incredible mountain town. That's you know, got it. I, I always call it. It's like a very cosmopolitan small town, and um, we have such an amazing restaurants. There's something like 60 to 70 restaurants in town and we're a town of 10,000 people you know you could add another 10,000 people in the surrounding area so it probably draws from 20,000 but first class food I mean all different types of ethnic food Um, there's also um, nightlife you know a lot of live music there's um, live theater with the Capitol Theater and all that brings in and of course, the uh, outdoor recreation, um, the lake. You know, our lake is just, it, it can be, you know, wake up in the morning like today, it's glass calm and and not a lot of boating traffic. You know, I have, I've, I've been here almost my whole life, so it, it is getting busier. Um, but it's still a very special place. And, uh, you know, I always love 
talking to tourists that stumble upon it. You mm-hmm. know, as I was saying to you uh, earlier, we're we're off the beaten path here. We're not on the Trans Canada. You really got to kind of make a bit of an effort to get to Nelson, but that's also what makes it so special. You know, we don't have a lot of fast food chains. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, there isn't like a visible industrial park and it's very, um, tourism, uh, is a driving force of what, what keeps us all going here. Really nice. Uh, it's the Hume Hotel. Yeah. The website is humehotel.com. You can find out uh, more information there. And Ryan Martin is the general manager and owner of the Hume Hotel and Spa in Nelson, BC. Uh, thanks for your time, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, there are a number of different ways to get from Vancouver to Victoria and vice versa. There's planes and there's ferries and other boats. And then there's B2B vacations. So to find out more about B2B vacations and the services they offer, we're joined now by the vice president of B2B vacations, Julian Wright. Hi, Julian. Hey, how are you going? Tell me how long B2B vacations has been in operation. Uh, V2V Vacations was first established in 2016 with our first operational date on the early May. I think it was the 6th of May was our first day of sailing. And uh, we've been operating in the BC waters ever since. So how did it all come about? Whose idea was it? The idea actually came from uh, the CEO, previous CEO of the business. Um, It's an Australian-owned business, uh, Hume Campbell used to work out in the BC waters as a um, deck deckhand mm-hmm. on board tech, uh, tugboats in the local harbour here, working all up and down the um, coastline of British Columbia. And he fell in love with that coastline almost 50 years ago and swore to come back and did so. Um, and then whilst travelling between Vancouver and Victoria um, to go to the Bouchard Gardens, he thought there has to be an easier way, a more comfortable way, to uh, a more convenient and faster to uh, get between the two locations. And mm. so that's why we're here today. Nice. Well, you're right. It is uh, very pretty. It's very be- beautiful po- coastline. Uh, so tell me uh, what makes B2B different from some of the other, uh, I'm going to use the, for lack of a better term, ferry operators. <laughs> Well, look, we we want to provide guests with a really comfortable um, experience on board the vessel. Um, we take out a lot of the connections between the two locations um, and we do it door-to-door. So there's no um, having to go to a ferry terminal, do a wait or anything like that. We go from the downtown harbour area right in front of the convention centre in Vancouver and then we go through the Gulf Islands, uh, which is absolutely gorgeous, and then down into the Victoria downtown harbour area as well. So you're right in front of the BC Legislature building and very close to that convention centre as well in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the kind of service we want to provide. And then we work very strongly with um, Harbour Air, which is another company that um, provides a similar service but by but by plane and uh yeah so we work right alongside them excellent so now do you get mostly uh locals traveling back and forth like business for business trips or uh, a mix of that and tourists 
we get a we get a mix. Um, the the profile changes as the year progresses. So, in June, July, and August, um, we've seen an influx of um, tourism coming from a lot from the US um, and a lot from other parts of the world. BC has a strong um, number of people coming from the UK, Europe, uh, even as far as Australia, where we're from. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we've got a steady stream of BC res- res- residents as well, which is great. Um, we love having all those guests coming on board and trying to take out all the hassle from their travels. Mm-hmm. Well, and you offer more than just day trips, right? I understand. Looking at your website, it's V two V vacations.com there's overnight trips so you can have a bit of a weekend getaway right Absolutely. or even a midweek we're, getaway i suppose any any part of the week will will help you so we're trying to build ourselves as a bit of a one-stop shop for some of the travel um ideas whether it be hotel attractions and activities in victoria uh, so we'll get you there and and hopefully make sure that you're as entertained and experienced as much of Victoria as possible. So we did a, we just started getting into hotels. Um, we're doing a lot of the Bush Art Gardens tours, which is a huge draw to Victoria region. Um, if you want to travel back with us, uh, rather, well, if you want to travel back by air, you can um, through one of our partners, Harbour Air, um, and we do all that for you. We book that, make sure that your travel is uh, safe and secure, and uh, love it when people do. So we want to make sure that Victoria is really shown in its best light. It's such a beautiful location. and But then getting there is also as beautiful as the destination itself. The BC coastline is gorgeous. One of the most picturesque coastlines I've ever worked on or been near. And uh, it's deserves some attention, not just the destinations. So, mm. so tell me about the the ship itself and the, the experience on board, the actual trip. So we leave, as I said, from downtown, um, and then we are straight into service. There's two levels of service. There's the Royal Guest, which is upstairs in the upper deck, um, about 80 seats up there, and then there's Premium, which is downstairs, almost 160 seats down there. And... Um, the royal guest will get um, immediate access to a beautiful selection of um, coffees or if it's on the afternoon trip, um, food and be- uh, the beverage selection is from the local um, Victoria wine selection, mm-hmm. which is just absolutely lovely. And so is the beers. Uh, we keep a good local selection of beers um, on board. Um, and then our hosts are trained to make your experience as comfortable as possible. So the royal guests will be treated to meals in either direction. Um, a beautiful selection of um, food, all prepared from Truffles, which is a local, local caterer in um, the Victoria area. And I think they source most of their produce locally as well. Um, they've been a great partner of ours. And yeah, we... We point out a few things along the way. Up in Royal, we're going to be um, rolling out more and more of commentary of the and, and tour guiding kind of experience mm-hmm. where we show off and give some context to what guests are seeing whilst they're going down the coastline because otherwise you miss it, miss the, the historical or um, cultural significance of various places. So mm-hmm. we try to give a little bit of that. And then if we're really lucky, 
um, whales will pop up in our in our vicinity, but you know we don't guarantee it. But you know, there has been a few occasions where we've seen whales in our in our area, humpbacks and uh, orcas. Nice. And then literally talk, come into Victoria, and it's um, a stunning little harbour to come into. And uh, we have a big, beautiful red carpet for all our guests to um, disembark from, and our, and our team there then make sure that you're pointed in the right direction, whether you're going to the next activity or looking for your hotel and, and, and whatever it might be. Now, you mentioned uh, the seating up uh, on the upper deck and lower deck. Is this assigned a seating, or is it sort of first come, first serve? Uh, it's assigned, all assigned seating. So there's no um, fighting for anyone's seat. Uh, if you want to pay a little extra, you can have those seats guaranteed at, at the time of booking. We'll make sure, we'll try our best to get give you those seats uh-huh. um, that you request. When does your season start and uh, when does it finish? Yeah, we start um, 15th of March um, until the end of October. Um, I think there might be a date change for next year. It might be 14th of March. But, uh, yeah, we're running seasonally um, at this stage. The We may change that in the future where we work on the weekends, but um, we do so a little bit cautiously in winter because, um, as everyone knows who comes to this coastline, mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit more treacherous um, and a little bit more unpredictable. But And you only have one, the one ship, right? Correct. One ship, um, the vessel is called the V2V Empress. It was um, built 1995 and actually floated over from the east coast of Canada via um, Panama Canal on a big ship. And we have completely overhauled that vessel. Um, so I think the only thing left in, of its original self was the uh, metal and the structure. Um, everything else has been completely updated uh, to the state-of-the-art equipment on board. Um, new engines to ensure the safety of guests on board and, and get us there as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's it's absolutely delightful. The seats themselves are um, beautiful leather, some up in royal recline to make even more comfort um, mm. for the, that, that panoramic view that you get when you're sitting upstairs. So, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful ship. Well, it's called V2V Vacations. Obviously, Vancouver to Victor to Victoria is what the V2V stands for. And uh, Julian Wright is the vice president of V2V Vacations. Again, you can find more information on their website, v2vvacations.com. Thanks for your time, Julian. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's great. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.